Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. And today we're going to do the reading for the Feast of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And um, this is going to be episode 185. So this is like an extra episode for uh, this day uh, because I already did the uh, Wednesday second week of Advent. So we're going to begin this one with um, what we do on Sundays. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion. Okay, and now, uh, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. And here we go. Let's... Um, Entrance Antiphon. I rejoice... Heartly in the Lord, in my God, in the joy of my soul. For he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and wrapped me in the mantle of justice like a bride adorned with her jewels. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10. O God, who by the immaculate conception of the Blessed Virgin prepared a worthy dwelling for your Son, grant we pray that we, that as you preserved her from every stain of virtue, um, stain, by virtue of, of the death of your son, which you foresaw, so through her intercession, we too may be cleansed and admitted to your presence through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, the first reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 9 to 15 and 20. I will put enmity between your offspring and hers. A reading from the book of Genesis. After the man, Adam, had eaten of the tree, the Lord God called to the man and asked him, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Then he asked, Who told you that you were naked? You have eaten then from the tree which I had forbidden you to eat. The man replied, The woman whom you put here with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and so I ate it. The Lord God then asked the woman, Why did you do such a thing? The woman answered, The serpent 
tricked me into it, so I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you shall be banned from all the animals and from all the wild creatures. On your belly shall you crawl, and dirt shall you eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your, at your head while you strike at his heel. The man called his wife Eve because he became because she became the mother of all the living the word of the lord thanks be to god this passage is called uh proto evangelium um i might be pronouncing it wrong but it is the um a foreshadowing of the gospel the first prophecy of the good news it is the first of the glimpse of the coming of Christ. It, I will put enmity between you and the woman, uh, you know, for, you know, and between your, your seed and her seed, you know, and, you know, and then like, um, he will strike at your head and while you strike at his heel. Sometimes the word in Hebrew can be, um, they will strike at your head and you will strike at their heel. The Hebrew is uh, one of those rare Hebrews that uh, I know I've read can be translated as she. It can be translated also, um, you, um, between you know, you will, um, you will strike at her heel. You you will strike at his heel. You will strike at their head. It can be translated in all three, and this can be found in the Greek, the Subduagen version, because you can see it. Um, it's very interesting. And I think it's fascinating because this is the first, uh, because first of all, it says, um, the seed of the woman, women don't bear seed. It's men. So it, this is the first sign of the virgin birth. And, you know, um, regardless what, how some people may think this is exactly, um, tradition, it's theology, it's church teaching it's the teaching of the church fathers um even in the greek orthodox church they tend to refer to her as the immaculate mother the immaculate theotokos so even though we don't agree on the on the immaculate conception but there's an immaculate conception there's a belief of her being immaculate and that's the most important thing because we can argue with protestants all day long but the best thing to look at it this way. You believe Jesus is Savior. You believe Jesus was without sin. Yet they come along and say Mary was a sinner. So the woman who bore the Son of God was not looked at as value. If she was standing in front of you, would you not show your love for Jesus by showing your love for his mother? Will you not show re uh, reverence, uh, honor to Jesus by giving honor to his mother? You know, the problem is a lot of it is based on myth, what whatever they heard, because the problem is, is it's, it's an individual Christianity. It's a private form of Christianity. And they don't think about this. They, they look at Christianity as though it, it ended with 
the last apostle and Christianity didn't exist until Martin Luther came along, who, by the way, did show reverence to Mary and believed showing reverence. Many of the early reformers did believe showing reverence to her. We're starting to find this out in their writing. It's only after their first generation died that they decided to, you know, push Mary aside. It's a lot. We could argue about this all day long. Um, signs of her is all over the place. There's images of her in Ruth. There's images of her in, um, in Esther. There's, uh, images of Mary in Judith. There's, uh, you can find passages in the Psalm that talk about reverence to the queen. Uh, in ancient Israel, it was the ancient Israel under Solomon that started the queen mother, uh, belief. A lot of people just need to read the read the scriptures more and stop reading them from a 20th century eyes. You have to look further back and you have to look also of how the early Christians began their own culture. In many ways among the Gentiles, it was a subculture because Christianity wasn't legal. It was hidden. And in, in many cases later on, um, after uh, Constantine, yeah, many, you know, they did come out in the open, but still, you got to show reverence. You show reverence, you show honor to the Queen of England. You show respect to your, um, to your mother. You show, res I mean, hopefully you show respect and love. You want someone to show respect and your love to your mother if they know that she is your mother. A lot of people in the 20th century just have a very artificial view of Christianity. And it, it, it causes these kind of problems. All right, let's, we, there's so much we could talk about. One day, I'm going to try to do, uh, to do uh, an episode on the Immaculate Conception. But let's move on to uh, Psalm 98. Okay, Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done mar wondrous deeds. His right hand has won victory for him, his holy arm. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. The Lord has made his salvation known in the sight of the nations. He has revealed his justice. He has remembered his kindness and his faithfulness towards the house of Israel. Sing a new song to the Lord. And uh, sing, sing to the Lord a new song. I'm sorry, for he has done marvelous things, deeds. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. All the ends of the earth has seen the salvation by our God. Sing joyful to the Lord, all you lands. Break into song, sing praise. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. Okay. It's a song of praise and it's, um, and I think one of the most important things we should always take, take the, it's, it's important to praise him. Take every, take your salvation personal, take the gospel personal. Uh, take every one's salvation personal. Your family member, your friends, take their salvation personal. Take 
the need for them to know the gospel person. Pray for them. Take it personal when you pray for somebody. Okay? And that's important because, you know, I'm not saying you're going to go shove the Bible in their face. That won't work. But pray for them. Pray for them. Pray a rosary for them. Say a Hail Mary for them. Um, keep them on your prayer list. That's another thing. I think we all have to start doing that because it, I think when we say we're going to pray for somebody, uh, it doesn't help when you don't pray for that person. It's sloth. It's a sin. Take salvation personally. Take repentance of sin personally. Take other people's salvation personal because people need that. All right, let's move on. Second reading. Um, he chose us in Christ before the foundations of the world. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 3 to 6 and 11 to 12. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens, as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world to be holy and without blemish before him. In love, he dest he destined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ in accord with the favor of his will, for the praise of the glory of his grace that he granted us in the beloved. In him we were also chosen, destined in accord with the purpose of the one who accomplishes all things according to the intentions of his will, so that we might exist for the praise of his glory, we who first hoped in Christ. Beautiful. One more time. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Every spiritual, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound beautiful? He chose us in him before the foundations of the world to be holy and without blemish before him. Of course, this part has been abused by many for predestination. Um, and it sounds like it, but it God himself knows everything. Before the foundations of the world, before the foundations of the universe, he saw, he knew us, he knew everybody. God is always present. He the, the past, the present, and the future is all one and the same for him. So this, this it's, a, it's an amazing thing when you think about it. It is overwhelming, but this is this is you know this is something we have to we have to think about. God is with us. God knows us. God knows our lives. He knows everything about us before we know anything about ourselves, and He knows what we need even before we ask Him, and He knows. The, our past, our present, our future. So, you know, let's let's always keep Christ present in our lives. Okay, let's move on from there. Every Catholic has to believe, without a doubt, in the the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. Every Catholic has to believe it. 
Um, if you are a Catholic who rejects it, denies it, or just say doesn't believe in it, doesn't, um, you are anathema. You are cut off. You are excommunicated. The Immaculate Conception is not something the church just invented. It didn't, it did not invent it. It basically acknowledged it. The church acknowledged this identity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that God in his wisdom, in his love, in his graciousness, preserved the soul of the Blessed Virgin Mary from the stain, the sin, original sin of Adam and Eve, the sin that they um, committed by disobeying God and eating of the fruit that God commanded them not to eat, the knowledge of good and evil. Now, this was part of God's plan. Mary did not do this to herself. She did not give, her, give herself this gift. This did not come from Mary. It came from the Trinity. It came from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And a lot of, uh, a lot of people mistake Immaculate Conception with the birth of Jesus. Maculate, uh, uh, maculate, uh, my Latin's not great, but it means stain. Immaculate means no stain. It does nothing to do with virgin birth. It has nothing to do with it. It is, and you can say, uh, a precursor because she herself had to be prepared to be the mother of our Lord. A lot of people, Protestants especially, say that Mary, Mary was a sinner. They don't know what they're talking about. Because first of all, you believe that Jesus Christ had no sin. You believe that Jesus Christ is a savior. Now, how do you explain if he was born of a sinful woman? If Jesus can touch, reach out and touch a leper and cleanse the leper of his disease that is killing him physically, nerve by nerve, skin, by, skin cell by skin cell, uh, you know, he, he's rotting away. Basically, that's what the leper is rotting away. How is that possible? Because any, because you know, in 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 Jewish tradition, if someone like a leper touched him, he is going to be ritually unclean. If um, a woman who is a sinner reaches out and touches him, let's say she's a prostitute, she's a you know a street prostitute, basically that's what she is, then he would be ritually unclean. If um, uh, uh, the woman, the issue of blood, reached out and touched him, he would be ritually unclean. Jewish culture 
would acknowledge this, that the person is ritually unclean. Jesus touches them when they touch him. Anything that touches him is made pure, clean. So Mary is the new Eve. The first Eve that came from Adam um, she reached she was de deceived by this the 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 serpent the devil to eat the fruit and her husband the, the first Adam and the whole human race collapsed in the New Testament right first of all the serpent was the fallen the fallen one Lucifer, Satan. In the New Testament, an angel came to Mary and announced to her that she's going to be the mother of God. She is the mother of the whole person, not half a person. She is the mother of the whole person. Jesus Christ, true God and true man. This is what we are supposed to believe. She did not give birth to God. God made his own mother. God made his own mother. And that's the beauty of it. But a lot of people seem to, for some reason, they have, especially with Protestants, they have an extreme prejudice. They think they know what Catholicism is. They have a problem with Mary. Ever since the Protestant Reformation, I mean, the original Martin Luther loved the Virgin Mary, praised the Virgin Mary. All the original Protestant reformers had respect and love. They did. Even though he wasn't perfect, they did. And yet now, everybody is afraid to talk about her. Jesus gave us his mother when he was on the cross that the last thing in the world he had was his mother and he gave us his mother through John the Apostle and like John the Apostle we take her into our home he had nothing more left he gave up his life and now he gave us his mother yet Protestants think it's paganism Protestants want to say she's a sinner Protestants do not want to acknowledge her as the mother, the true mother of the living, the mother of the saved, the mother of the sanctified. It's, it's remarkable. Um, something I decided I figured out, you know, because I know it's hard to pray the entire set of the rosary. Figured, here's a, here's a better way to do it. Each day, just focus on that set of rosary, the mysteries. If it's Monday, or let's say Sunday, devote the entire day to the glorious mysteries. Stick with the resurrection, the ascension, Pentecost, uh, Assumption of Mary, Coronation of Mary. Stick with that. Don't have to pray 
all four mysteries. Just stick with that and stick with it all day all day long. Pray it more than once. All right? When you go into Monday, which is the joyful mysteries, then stick with the joyful mysteries all day long. Pray it more than once. Meditate on it more than once. And if when you go to Tuesday, which will be the sorrowful mysteries, stick with the sorrowful mysteries. Same thing when you get to Wednesday's glorious, and when you get to Thursday, which is the luminous mysteries, stick with the lum the, the luminous mysteries all day long. You don't have to go back and let's say you could, if you want, go from luminous to sorrowful, right? And you can go from. Uh, um, you know, whatever you want, you know, if you want to do not just sorrowful, but you want to pray the, uh, the, uh, glorious, then do it, but don't overdo it for yourself because trying to pray all sets, you're only going to be in competition. Our lady said, pray the rosary. Louis Marfurtz would, 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 would agree to pray all mysteries. But we can't afford to do that because we have responsibilities. And if you can do it, if you know you can give the time to do it, then do it. But I think the best thing to do is stick, st stay each day when it's scheduled on those particular mysteries and do it all day long. You know, if you prayed, the, you know, like today, I decided to stick with the Glorious Mysteries. I wasn't going to, you know, uh, overdo it for myself and try to pray all, uh, all the mysteries because, you know, I don't have the time. And um, I think the best thing to do is just meditate on those, those set of mysteries. Stay with it. Just pray it more than once. And I, I think it's more healthier because it gives you time to meditate on each mystery. And you can, when you pray it more than once, you've given your attention to, I would say, this mystery, particular mystery of the rosary all day long. When you get to the end of the day, say the closing prayers. Hail, Holy Queen. You don't have to go back and pray the introduction prayers, the, what do you call it, um, the Apostles' Creed. Pray it once and just stick with those mysteries all day long. I think it makes sense. I think I think it's easier. And try to um, organize your prayers. My friend Henry said to me, well, there's something I think, I think he got it from G.K. Chesterton. If you're going to do something, it's good to do it well, but it's better to focus on something poorly than not do it. And the idea you have to train your mind into those uh, into meditating, and that's what we that's what we need to do. Train ourselves to meditate and pray. All right, so um, let's go into the closing prayers. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. 
and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in one holy... I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic, uh, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins and look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Okay, um, St. Michael prayer. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.